so we can offer the best care, think we're doing all of the right things for someone. But if they're having a horrible experience along the way, if they're feeling lost in the process, if they're not getting what they need, if they're feeling like people aren't being responsive to their individual healthcare needs, we're losing. The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. MentorMate empowers healthcare clients to deliver on their mission and transform the human experience through technology. For over 20 years, clients have trusted MentorMate to guide their vision, design innovative products, and build secure solutions while understanding the specific nuances of their industry. MentorMate's global team in the U.S., Eastern Europe, and Latin America helps clients in all sectors of healthcare transform their organizations. From Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies and commercial payers to hospital systems, medical device manufacturers, and beyond. Learn more at mentormate.com healthcare. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from Medical Alley. This is Frank Chiskalki, your host of the Medical Alley podcast, and I'm so pleased that you've joined us for another episode today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that I think everyone listening can relate to, and we'll also really appreciate that there are innovative organizations looking to improve it. Namely, we're, we're talking about patient experience, and I'm so glad to be joined today by two fantastic organizations uh, one, Pep Health, which you'll learn a bit more about in a moment, and their CEO, Mark Lomax, who's joining us from the United Kingdom. And then Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota, the, the storied health insurer and longtime part of this community. And we'll be joined by Victoria Losinski, who's their vice president of star ratings, risk adjustment and quality. Mark and Victoria, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's a pleasure, Frank. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, the, the first thing I want to ask might be the most obvious question, but that probably is why it's so important to ask. And I'd ask this of you, Mark, and then of you, Victoria. Um, why does patient experience matter? So it's, it sounds like such an obvious question, doesn't it, Frank? But uh, yeah, great starting point. So patient experience around the world has always been one of those absolute key essential pillars within healthcare. Uh, whether you think of the triple aim or whether you think about sort of different ways that quality can be described, one way or another, patient experience always sits in there. And in any shape or form, it matters. It matters because it links to patient safety and it matters to the people that actually receive care, but also as a business and as somebody who's sort of really trying to sort of make sure they do the best job possible within healthcare. Obviously, it's the, it's the sort of the, the consumer equivalent of what are the customers actually getting and does it really work for them and how does it not work for them potentially as well? And I guess we'll also come on to it, but the other really interesting thing with patient experience is given how important it is, we've really struggled to measure it well. And Indeed. there's been a whole ton of work on surveys, hasn't been effective, particularly in really unlocking what's really happening and giving a broader perspective, which is where we come into. But uh, I guess more of that to follow in a second, Frank. Indeed. Yeah. Fantastic. And Victoria, what's your perspective on it, especially as I think about you know a health plan that is interacting with so many people across so many different domains? 
Absolutely. I, when I think of the importance of patient experience, it really comes down to the philosophy that the best care for an individual is going to be based off of what their needs and wants are and how they want to be engaging with the healthcare system. So we can offer the best care, think we're doing all of the right things for someone, but if they're having a horrible experience along the way, if they're feeling lost in the process, if they're not getting what they need, if they're feeling like people aren't being responsive to their individual healthcare needs, then we're going to, we're losing. If we're not meeting patient needs where they're at with what what they want, uh, we're not doing our job. So to me, patient experience is the crux of everything that we do in making sure that we're delivering the best care possible. Well said. And that that resonates so well with me when I think of healthcare, and I think of those of us who are, are in this industry and community, quite often we know a lot about healthcare but we, we know it so well that it, that sometimes can be an impact on our decision-making. We, we know how the things work. An individual that is participating in the healthcare system may have a very different experience. And, and Mark, I think that's where PEP Health starts to come in and connecting those dots. So maybe could you give the listeners just a quick view of what is it that PEP Health does and kind of your overall mission and vision for the company? Sure. So building on that idea from Victoria, everybody's experience of healthcare is different. It's personalized, it's localized, based on a whole heap of things local to yourself and what matter to you, but also any patient going into the same facility or any two people going into the same facility can have completely different experiences. And surveys don't capture that. And we started this in the UK after a couple of scandals where we knew that after the event, there's some really terrible things were happening in some some organizations. And when they did the inquiry, The thing that really came out from that that really resonated was the patients knew there were problems, but nobody was really listening to them. And so we wanted to find a new way of listening to patients if the surveys and the the forums don't really cut it. It's too clunky. It's only asking the questions that we think are the important questions. And so we wanted to turn it all on its head. And so what we wanted to do to create something unique and distinct was think, where are patients just going in an unsolicited feedback? And rather than us design something that they have to come to, we'll go to the patients. So we've developed technology to listen to all the public comments that patients post, no matter where, social media, online review sites, physician level review sites, uh, chat forums, you name it, we're interested in it. Um, And what we do is we bring all that together into one super large aggregated data set that reaches loads of different parts of the population, lots of different communities that don't normally get engaged with. And then we've built an AI backend tool that really analyzes scores and makes sense of that in a healthcare setting. So we tag it to locations, we tag it to various themes within quality of care, so things like access, effective treatment, communication, there's a ton of those. And it enables us then in real time to compare either any two states, any two health systems, any two locations, any two departments, uh, across a whole variety of different parameters and needs. And so for the first time ever, as far as we, we know, this is the first time ever to bench 
benchmark and give a really truly transparent picture of what's actually going on from the patient's point of view. And it's all based on unsolicited feedback that patients post. And you'd be amazed how much of it is out there, which is absolutely brilliant. Right. And you you mentioned starting in the UK, working with the NHS, now in the US market, how, how do you make that leap across the ocean and start deploying this in the US? So I suppose in terms of a bit about the story, which is kind of neat, and for us, one of the, the, the sort of few and far between happy events during COVID times was we were all working from home. So geography just shrank or disappeared in the traditional sense. And so I was lucky enough to meet uh, some of Victoria's uh, counterparts at Blue Cross Minish Shield during COVID lockdown. And we started this purely on Teams calls, Zoom calls, exploring the idea of what we developed in the in the UK and how it might apply in the US. We always thought it would have a real value in the US. For us, initially thinking of it from it's a competitive landscape, people are really interested in that consumer voice surely this must add something new to that discussion. But then as we started to dig down more into it, we realized also that then we had the the stars ratings, we had value-based care coming online. And the more that we thought about that and the triple aim, it all just seemed to sort of think this is just the ideal place for us to have uh, our solution plugged into. And so we started with Blue Cross Minnesota beginning of 2022 and sort of it's been going on great since then. Oh, fantastic. And yet someone is, I'm hoping, doing a study on how much international business developed around the world because we didn't have to hop on a plane to connect. Like, it was just amazing to see something that positive come out of something that negative. And Victoria, I'd be curious, so using this sort of platform, how how do the insights or the data that come out of it, what do you do with that? How does that impact your work? In so many ways. Uh, to start, I think it's important for people to understand at health plans, we have accountability and, and take responsibility for our patients' experiences when they go to their doctor's offices, which may seem a little bit counterintuitive. You know, that, well, the doctor's office should be responsible for that experience. And that's true. But because we're selecting networks and including providers that we feel are the best out there for our members, it's important for us to think about and understand what's the experience when someone goes to the doctor and are there spots where people are having awful experiences, who's doing this best? And the challenge has always been we don't really have access to that information in a meaningful way. We will get complaints or grievances from our members, um, them calling in saying, hey, I went to this doctor and this was this happened X, Y or Z. We need you. What, what can you do about it? But that ongoing understanding of truly what's the day to day experience with that our members are having when they go to the doctor, we just didn't have great insights to before PEP came along. We could have sent our own surveys, but over-surveying people is not necessarily an ideal state and trying to gather that information asynchronously from when they've actually been to the doctor, it just wasn't something that we felt was going to make the most sense. So with the data that PEP provides to the health plan, we're using it to understand what is it really like when our patients go to their doctors? What are they experiencing? Who's doing this really well? Where are there opportunities for improvement? 
And then with the analysis that PEP can provide, we can get into specifically saying, okay, clinic A does really good on follow-up, but when we look at their ability to coordinate care between different appointments in different clinic sites, patients are getting frustrated there. Well, now when we go to meet with that provider and talk about performance and where are we seeing opportunities, where might we partner together better to improve outcomes for our members, we have data that can fuel that conversation in a different way. And as I started the conversation, really, we're being held responsible uh, by the federal government for our Medicare members for that experience that they're having with their providers. And when I say we're being held accountable, uh, we have penalties as well as um, incentives for making sure our members have a great experience. And that's through the STAR ratings program. Oh, very interesting. I got to say, I very much appreciate hearing what you just described of using that data for continuous improvement and to uncover where things are working, where they aren't in ways that are you know, more than just the the ultimate clinical outcome, which we, we all know matters, but there's so many things that influence that that we've we've struggled to understand or to measure or to manage. So that actually makes me quite happy to hear about continuous improvement between the payers and the providers. You you mentioned that star rating piece, and I know many of our listeners will be familiar, but there's a lot who aren't. Could you just tell us what what is the star rating thing and how do you go about determining that? What what sort of impact does star ratings have on, on your work? I think the easiest way to understand the star ratings program is to think about it as Yelp reviews for uh, Medicare health plans. It's a five star program, one being kind of the lowest performance, five being the highest. And it's a look at quality across the health plan, really assessing how well is this health plan doing at serving its members. CMS uh, establishes the star ratings program and each year refreshes measures and makes changes uh, to reflect the needs of the evolving Medicare population. Those measures are a mix of clinical performance. So think how many people are getting flu shots, how many people are getting preventive care like uh, colonoscopies, how many people are getting their blood pressure under control, Uh, clinical measures that really have been the focus of traditional quality programs. But as part of the STAR ratings program, we're also held accountable, as I mentioned, for patient experience, both with the health plan and as they go to the provider's offices, and also the operations of the health plan, too. How well are we serving our members? How quickly are we responding to their needs? Uh, All of that is taken into account to produce an overall STAR rating. If you fall below three stars consistently as a Medicare plan, it's potential that you will lose your ability to offer Medicare services to members going forward. And if you achieve four stars or above, uh, there's quality bonus payments that are provided back to the plan. And those quality bonus payments are incredibly important, not just for uh, the stability of the plan, but because we use those dollars to reinvest in services for our members and to help keep their premiums lower. Want to get your company's message in front of hundreds of healthcare professionals? Consider a sponsorship or advertising opportunity through Medical Alley. Sponsorships are still available for our upcoming Alley Chats networking event, 
as well as our Equity in the Alley Women to Watch, featuring Kate Stewart of Stryker. And your message could even be heard right here on the Medical Alley podcast. To learn more about available opportunities, go to medicalalley.org slash prospectus or reach out to anyone on the Medical Alley team. Well, it's very interesting in that I'm, I'm seeing then the connection between getting the data, getting the insights on patient experience, being able to interact between the plan and the provider to improve it, and the, the clinical performance, the outcomes the patients get, but also the, the business performance of the organizations that are involved. So, Mark, I might start with you and ask, so if I'm using PEP or if I'm, I'm gathering this data, make the connection there. How does doing that then potentially help on the star rating side of things? So one of the things that we've done with with Victoria and her team in the last uh, six months or so has been really wanting to validate that there's a true connection there and that sort of that we, we can really understand the relationship between stars ratings and that patient voice that we're picking up. And we were I mean, all really, really delighted when a few months ago we could actually determine and show that we could differentiate between those three style plans and those four style plans as an example just by listening to the patient voice and that we can see the correlation of what a typical three style plan would look like from patient perspective and what a four style plan would look like and so that then sort of first of all opens up the thing that we're a, a leading indicator for, for the stars rating and then opens up a whole heap of different opportunities where conversations can be had about oh we're seeing that uh, in hospital A you're really struggling with access or in hospital B, if you improve your communication in this regard, we're going to have a really big win. And so we can really target resources to make those improvements and then we can measure them going forward. So it's not just a one shot and hope for the best. We can then measure it over time and see what's actually going on there. And then on the flip side, we can also recognize the good practice of which there's lots of good practice as well and really showcase inside health systems and beyond health systems this is where people have got it really well and, and celebrating that because healthcare has been a, a difficult place for, uh, for a number of years or especially difficult sort of uh, more recently with workforce challenges, but there was COVID and all these things that sort of are on people's minds day in, day out. And and to really reinforce and celebrate there's all the good things that go on as well. It's, uh, it's great for workforce and it, it's great for people to actually remember that more often than not, the experiences are good and that most people patients actually end up having a, a really positive experience at a time where they're feeling vulnerable and there's uh, there's a lot of uncertainty perhaps going on in their in their lives with regard to their health so uh, it's great to be a mirror to really help enact change and to really reinforce good behaviors amongst teams both directly connected to the patient and beyond that yeah very well said and such an important I mean just management principle of you know having good data to improve, is not a, a crudgel or a stick, but it, it's an opportunity for us all to do better, but to recognize the positive things that are happening. And when I think of the, the last particularly three, four years in healthcare, how challenging that has been, uh, that also makes me very happy to hear that you know, there's some tools out there that are helping us uncover the excellence that has been happening all over and, and recognize it. I'm curious on another piece, you know, Mark, before we had started, um, when we were just chatting, 
you mentioned the ability to now to gather data across the U.S. and to see things that are maybe happening regionally or understand a broader picture. I'm just curious, what's what's your take on patient experience writ large or the, the broad picture in the U.S.? So if, if start just with the data set as, as a starting point on that, Frank. Um, we were very delighted to see, uh, which might not be necessarily a surprise to your listeners, but, but Americans speak twice as often as, as us Brits when it comes to our care experiences in the public domain, which gives us a much richer, more insightful data set again. And so there's a lot more we can do with it. Once we got going with Blue Cross Minnesota and showing that it was going really well, we made the commitment to, okay, let's listen to the whole of America, all 330 million lives. What could we then hear? And so we've now completed that. So we now have extended Expanded our technology to listen to the whole of the US. Uh, we can now compare state to state. We can now compare health system to health system. We could look at, let's say, diabetes across the US uh, and zone in on a particular line like that or maternity. Um, a whole heap of different ways that we can do it. We completed the mapping of the US, which is about 300,000 individual locations of care that we're now listening to. And for those locations, we've identified about 8.5 million individual URL codes where one or many patients are speaking on a regular basis about their experiences of care. And since we completed that work, which was maybe about six to eight weeks ago, we've already collected 25 million relevant real-time comments uh, that Americans have posted about their experiences of care. So we're just starting to peel back the lid about what can we actually do with that data set that's just so, so big. But our first showcase of that is we're planning to write a, a What Patients Think USA report uh, coming out in October, uh, where we're going to give some of those headlines, some of those overall trends about what's what's that underlying picture looking like across the US, uh, who's really doing it well at scale, where are certain challenges, where are the things that could potentially really make a difference for policy thinkers, payers, providers. So uh, we're, we're really excited to be starting that piece of work and uh, can't wait to actually see what the results of that will show. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And when that's out, uh, listeners will make sure that the Medical Alley channels are sharing the report so that you all can see that. And, and Victoria, I'd be curious, you know, the, the Minnesota market, the regional market has been extremely dynamic the last couple of years. You know, what, what's been the major trend or trends you've observed uh, as far as, you know, continuous improvement quality patient experience from your vantage point? I think coming out of COVID, it's been a very interesting time to be in quality. Through 2020, through even 2022, the focus was so much on how do we just support people in the healthcare systems, getting the care that they need with the highest priority. And coming out of that now, really starting to look at the trends of how are we returning to quote unquote normal care, normal preventive care rates, were quite low coming out of the pandemic, and we're just starting to see them increase again. I think one of the interesting things that Mark's team has helped us understand is the relation between the patient experience scores and potential quality metrics. 
So they were able to highlight for us when patient experience scores start dipping as an early indicator for a clinic system that we typically see their quality scores lower after that initial patient experience drop. And so trying to keep track of those types of trends where how can we get in front of where patients may be struggling to get the care that they need with the right experience and support them in different ways and support providers in different ways too. We know that provider access is still a challenge, that our provider care systems are still very much strained with the amount of care that they need to be providing. We can start to see that early on in patient experience scores where we may see fast access starting to pop as an issue for our our members. And using that as an indicator to reach out to the care systems and say, you know, what's going on? How can we help? What are some ways that we can relieve that pressure? Are there needs that you have that we could work together on to make sure that you're able to provide the care that that is in demand for the communities that you're serving? I mean, that right there, that, that might be the place to wrap it up for today. Moving from a reactive to a proactive engagement to improve patient experience and ultimately improve healthcare. Uh, Mark and Victoria, I got to say thank you for, for sharing your perspective, sharing the insights. I really enjoyed that discussion. Uh, thank you both for spending a little bit of time with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed it a lot. Thanks, Frank. And folks, that's been another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, make sure to get over to medicalalleypodcast.org or you can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And hey, would you do me one little favor? Would you share this episode with just one other person? If everyone listening did that, we'd help spread this story and so many other important stories of innovation from the Medical Alley community further. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, have a great day.